0: My name is Brady Testorf. If you're new here, uh, if you're new here, we would really love for you to stand up and do a little dance. Now, just kidding. We don't. Unless you want to. Th- that You could do that if you want to. No, we, we don't want to embarrass you, but we do, we do ask that you fill out one of the informational cards and drop it in the offering basket at the end. Uh, once again, we're doing Lord's Supper this morning, so we're going to do it a little bit different. Um, when it comes to the offering, you're going to bring your offering forward, and you're going to give, and then you're going to receive... The elements for the, the Lord's Supper. So that's what we do at the end of the service. And we take the Lord's um, Supper or communion at the last Sunday of every month. So just just so you know that, so you can begin to prepare yourself and be ready for that time and prepare to, to come to the table. All, all during this time of the message, same thing. Prepare yourself and look forward to coming and remembering what Jesus has done for us. The, the great extravagant love that he displayed for each one of us. And that's why we, we celebrate and we remember the sacrifice Jesus has made. So so I went to the thrift store and about, bought some Wrangler jeans for $3.50. Now, it was, they said $4, and I thought, I don't know, it's a little steep. But I get up there and they said, they're on sale today, $3.50. These are nice jeans for $3.50. And I thought, well, I can't wear Wrangler jeans without wearing boots, right? And luckily I already had those, they're not super fancy, they don't have really fancy stuff on the top of them, but I thought anyway. So just in case you were wondering, why is he wearing boots today? Nobody was probably wondering that, but anyway, I just thought I would say that. So we're on this journey, today I'm on this journey, and I should be on a horse, but we're on this journey, 40 days, 40 days of prayer, leading up to the Sunday before Easter is when we'll conclude our, the prayer time, and so... I want to encourage you if you haven't, if you didn't pick up one of the books, or if you need a book, let me know and we can get more. But you can also just download the app and you'll have it with you all of the time. It's a prayer every single day, and the messages will come together and make even more sense if you follow along during the prayer time because it really does just encourage us to to draw near to the Lord together. And this this first segment, there's six different segments on this journey that we're going to be on. And the first segment has everything to do with us getting ready for the journey okay us getting ready to take this journey so I wanted to show this picture this was from yesterday we are on a journey and so just (laughs) this funny now who thinks in this picture I'm driving who thinks I'm driving now who thinks Trish is driving all right, good. Yeah, Trish is excited about driving. You can just tell she's excited on the journey. I think she's just probably meditating, contemplating what we're going to do, like, when we get home. Um, Emma was dreaming, too. She's the one on the right. And then Eliza, she was, she was awake. She knew what I was doing. And then I took the picture, obviously. But we're on this journey. We're on our way from Joplin back home yesterday. We went to Joplin for a state basketball tournament. Our girls and guys finished second place. It wasn't what we were expecting, but at the same time, it was, it was a great outcome, so we were excited about the journey. So this idea of being on a journey, I want to unpack this a little bit, or in a sense, we're going to kind of pack up and get ready to go on this journey. Speaking of journey, there's this band called Journey, and on their journey, they said, don't stop believing when you're on the journey, right? Hold on to what? To that feeling that's right hold on to the feeling okay but I bring that up because because the most important journey of all of of life is all about believing believing in the one who God has sent to give us life and that's the reason why we remembered Jesus today the Lord's Supper but then there's also a band called Boston who said it's more than a feeling right you know that song you know that some of you are like yeah classic rock we're down with it now all right, so we'll, we won't go we won't go down the cl- the classic rock uh, lane for very for very long, but um, but when I hear that old song that used to play, I begin dreaming. Right? Does this sound familiar? All right, I begin dreaming of what the uh, the journey could look like. I'm going to ask you guys a question real quick. How many of you um, how many of you have like a system when you pack to get ready to go somewhere? I mean, you have a strategy, like a strategy, you have a system, you have a certain thing in place. How many of you kids, you have your parents still packed for you? How many young people in the room, your parents still, you raised Cody's hand, the guys, <laughs> that's funny. So you have your parents still packed for you. I can see like Danielle packing for Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, I know she's pretty, you know, she's got some fashion sense. She might pack, does your mom pack for you? Packs your chief shirt and your chiefs. Hat there, that's awesome. All right, how many husbands, do your wives still pack for you when you go somewhere? Any, yes, guys are honest in the room, way to go. Because we're, we're bound to forget something, right? You know, like, what, I needed extra socks for you? I got a pair on, isn't that enough? The husbands pack for their wives? Is that, does that happen? No, no, <laughs> that's right. My wife's a good packer. She, you know, she has a system or strategy. Maybe you make, how many you list makers when you pack? All right, you get all your, got your list and go down the list. Make sure you have everything. Don't leave anything behind. There's probably an app for that, right? Somewhere there's an app for packing stuff. How many of you are procrastination packers? You wait to the very last minute and you just throw all of it into a bag and hope, hope there's an, yeah. Okay, that's good. It was a little look into your personality. We you need to talk later. Let me know. Um, <clears throat> what are some what are some must-haves? When you pack to go somewhere on a journey. Toothbrush and toothpaste. Yeah, that's the worst. You get somewhere and you don't have a toothbrush with you. There's nothing like your own toothbrush, right? Yeah. yeah uh, that's a whole other story. Have you ever accidentally used somebody else's toothbrush? That's like the worst feeling in the world. Just go ahead and shoot me now, all right? That's just a terrible feeling. Um, what else do we need? Shoes. Yeah, you gotta have Shoes. How many of you bring, like, a shoes for every outfit? Oh, man. You can't just do one pair of shoes, right, that goes with everything. you got to have a shoe for every outfit. Um, what else? A couple, one more thing. Underwear. <laughs> That's right. You've got to have those. I used to joke with uh, the teenage boys when we go on a, a mission or a youth trip or whatever. i say, all right, guys, here's the good news. We all have a change of underwear. Billy, you get the change with Bobby. Bobby gets the change with Johnny. And they're all like, ooh, really? It's like, no, we don't have to do that. All right, I wasn't gonna tell that joke, but it came to my mind. Thank you for setting it up. I appreciate appreciate it. when I when I get ready to go um, when I do a appearance for the for the Wolf the Casey Wolf. I, I have this big bag, and I go through in my head. I think about from my feet to my head to make sure I have everything. Do I have my shoes? Do I have the body? Do I have my jersey to go over the body? Do I have my the little thing that I put over my head? And then I put the helmet on, it doesn't hurt my head. So I, I start from my feet or go up or go from my head all the way down to make sure I have all the elements or the things that I need to go on this journey, right? So maybe that's how you are. You think, okay, do I have socks for my feet and do I have an extra pair of pants or I have the underwear, you know, things like that. And that's how it works for me. I'm a more of a visual person. I got to see it to make sure I have everything that I need. How many of you Let's, we'll finish up with the packing stuff. How many of you pack stuff you don't need? How many of you get to where you are and you think, why did I even bring this with me? I, don't even, I didn't even need this. And I took, I took up room in my suitcase and I didn't even need it. But, but I ask you this question. How many of you are the type of person that when you, when you pack stuff, you're compelled to wear it because you packed it and you'll find a way to wear what it is that you brought with you? How, anybody like that? I'm a little bit like that. Like, I was like, no, I brought it, so I'm going to wear it. Like, I, it's, it's, it's there, so it has a purpose. And maybe that's just, maybe I'm just weird. Maybe I need some therapy. That's probably the case. So let's, let's look into this prayer journey. If this journey, and in, in, the, in the book, the journey begins really about looking, looking at ourselves and making ourselves ready spiritually, Getting ourselves ready. And so we're talking, we'll think about this idea of what do we need to to pack for ourselves to be ready for this this journey that we're going to go on. And the cool thing is, is thousands of people all over um, the United States and all over the world are going on this journey with us. It's kind of exciting. We're not alone on the journey. And there are hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people praying for the same thing throughout the weeks. Praying for revival. But they're praying for revival, you know, for God to just come alive in the world and and show himself in a mighty way, but not just in the world, but it's more it's more about God coming alive and showing himself in our lives. So the, with, with this thought of, of packing things, we are responsible for the revival in our own hearts, the things that happen to us. The way, the, the responsibility is on us to make sure that, is, is that God is doing um, what he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. And so we're responsible for, for that. And I, I get this, this image, and, it, and I don't remember who it was that wrote this or talked about it, but like drawing a circle on the ground and getting inside the circle, and God let revival come inside this circle first. And then once it comes here first, then, then, then I can step out and go. Like I need to get ready first before I can go anywhere any further with it. So last night I had this cool image. I was, I was just preparing and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fire, fire guy for ambiance, not necessarily for heat and survival, but so, we have, so I built this fire and I was studying and, and getting prepared and I looked over and the fire began to die. And so it's always a challenge, right? You know, guys and girls, it's a challenge to keep the fire burning. And so I look over, and it's really starting to die down. And so I go over, I put on another uh, piece of wood, and then I begin to blow on it. And the embers get really red, and all of a sudden, it flamed back up again. I was like, wow, that's really, that's powerful. That's, it's cool how that happens. So then I begin to think about this whole idea of, of revival in me and revival in us as a church. God desires to breathe on us so that sometimes when, maybe times in our life where things, the fire's gonna die down a little bit. You know, it's not burning as brightly as it used to. Our passion and our desire to serve God or to love him or to know him. And, and listen, let me just give a, 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 a um, I'm trying to think the word I'm looking for here. Just, here's a side note. I, I'm really speaking today primarily to people who would say, I am, I have, I'm already a believer in Jesus. Like I've already, I believe in him. I, I do. I, I've given my life to Christ at some point or another And, um, and it might be that you're here and you say, you know, I'm still investigating Christianity or Jesus, and I'm really wanting to know more about him and praise the Lord that you're here. And I'm glad that you are, but I'm really talking about those who have, who have already began the, this journey at some particular point, they did start believing. And I'm really just wanting to encourage us to, to let the fire burn a little bit brighter in our lives. And I, and I pray that if you're, if you're, if you're not there yet, uh, there's Absolutely, there's no coercion, but we are, we wanting to encourage you to come along, too, on the journey. And so, does that make sense? I'm just really wanting to encourage you, as a follower of Jesus, if you, if you find yourself in a place where, you know, the fire used to burn really bright, Brady, at a certain time um, in my life, maybe back in the past, or maybe just, it was just recently, but things happen in our life, things come, and it causes the fire to die down, and you're just maybe needing a fresh, some fresh wind or a fresh breath of God to blow on you. And here's the cool thing. When I, when I bit down and when I blew on those embers, it, the flames rose up and it, and it started this, this idea and this thought in my mind, like how uh, God wants to do that in me. He wants to do that in us. So have you had a time in your life where the fire burned really bright in your life as a follower of Jesus? Maybe it was early on in your faith and and you were just so excited about what God was doing and, and you, saw, um, you saw him working in miraculous ways and, and you see him working in other people's lives and you get so excited and then life just takes over, right? Because life is a journey and it just weighs us down. Like the weak, the weak stuff is hard sometimes. Have you ever felt that way? Anyone? Or am I just the only one that's felt that way? You know? And so, in order for revival to happen in this church, for God to really begin to move in this church, it's gotta first happen in me as your pastor. A few years ago when I was really struggling in my faith, I was struggling with God, what do you want me to do? I was just kind of on cruise control in my Christian life. I mean, I was a good person, I wasn't doing anything really, really bad, but I didn't feel like I was really accomplishing anything good either. Like I was just, I was just smoldering. The, the embers were still there, but I wasn't really creating any heat and providing any light. Does that make sense, that kind of analogy? And so, so the reason why I bring this up is because this is the first thing we need on the journey is to get to the place where revival happens for us, and we'll talk about a few ways, a few things we need to pack along the way. But for me... I was in this place and I went out to this property that the Baptist Church owns and I was sitting out there, it was this, it's hundred acres of land up on a hill, there's three crosses in the middle of the property. And I was out there, I was sitting with my Bible and I was really in the midst of deciding, do I stay where I was at? Do I go to this other church? And, and I went to this passage in scripture in the book of Ezekiel um, chapter 37, where there's this prophecy um, that Ezekiel is given um, from the Lord to speak to these this field full of dry bones. To speak to them to come alive again. And of course, as a pastor, my first thought was, Oh yeah, Lord, you want me to go, you want me to go to vineyard church and speak to some dry bones to come alive again. And God was like, No, Brady, you're bones are dry and I need you to come alive again and I needed him to breathe on me so that I I mean little did I know what he was preparing me for at that particular time I I didn't know I was I was just God I just need you every I just need you right now Lord I need you in this particular moment of my life because I'm just dry anybody there anybody feel that way I needed to be breathed on so that I could live. Because that's what happened. The bones, the bones were breathed on so that they could live. Not only so that they could live, but so they could also know that he is the Lord. Like God, anything that God does in your life, it's not so that you can get some kind of glory for it or any kind of credit for it at all. It's so that other people will know that God is who he is. That they can look at you and say, man, I don't know what happened to you. you used to be this way. Like, you're, you're, you, were, you weren't burning at all, but now all of a sudden, your flames are burning brightly again. What, it must be the Lord so that people will know. And that's what the prophet was told. You know, when this happens, people will know that I am God. So back to, to what we need to experience revival in us. Here's one of the first things that we need to pack to experience revival, and I had to go through this myself And it is this idea that's in this book, the idea of humility must replace pride and complacency. And I think probably that's where I was at more than anything else. I was just complacent. I was just satisfied. Because I could have kept doing youth ministry at the Baptist Church for another 10 years because I was on cruise control. I had done it for so long. But I needed to replace pride, and complacency. And so I want, I want to just share this with you. This is from day number two. This is page six in the book. And this scripture, there's a scripture and there's a little bit of reading that goes along with it. It says, those people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder and Upon wonder, the wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Isaiah 29, verse 13 and 14. And so the, the writer says, we know what it is like to be impressed by our own religious performance. We can say all of the correct words, yet leave our hearts far behind. We are so well rehearsed in worship routines that they have become predictable and safe. We are among those who have approached you without heart or humility. And there's a prayer, God, please break our pride, break through our pride, gather our wayward hearts, Surprise surprise us with your supremacy, stun us with how dangerous you are, ravish us with your brilliance, the brilliance of your beauty, so that the cloud of clever religious pride evaporates in the radiance of your glory. The danger sometimes, especially somebody in my profession, is I can become pretty good at being a well rehearsed Christian. I can. I can say all of the right things, I can come up with clever uh, scriptural references to apply to the situation. I can get to the place where I begin to believe I am really as good as I think I am. <laughs> and that becomes a very dangerous place. Because what happens, I think, is then other people who, who come in and they're like, you know, I, I'm not like that. I, I can't find Brady, I just can't find him approachable because I'm struggling in all these areas. I just can't let him know uh, I can't let him know what's going on with me because it seems like he's got it all together, and, and we we know that that's not true. You should know <laughs> that that's not true. But but here's the here's the deal though. Do know that I am pursuing God. I am pressing in. I am seeking God. I am I am I am praying this prayer too, asking God, please forgive me of, of my pride or being complacent in my faith. God, help me along. This journey and I want to I want to get out a little bit ahead of the people that are that are coming with me so that I can be an example so that I can tell them where to go like I, I promise you I am that's my desire but I don't want you to think well Brady's got it all together so I really can't tell him what's going on in my life because it's not true you can you can come I had a young man approach me uh just a few days ago and he said you know Brady, I got some dark stuff in my life, and I just don't know who else to talk to about it. Could I come and speak, talk to you? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you, you can. You know, and the sad thing is, is he has family members that are in ministry, and I think he's just afraid to let his family know what's going on. You know? But God wants to touch those places in your life, ladies and gentlemen. He does. And, and you need to let him. And in ways that are safe for you to do that. An environment where you feel like you can share those things. Here's something else that we need to pack after we deal with our pride and our complacency. We need to pray and to seek God to break the power of sin. And Psalm 130, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 130. The problem with little Bibles, is you turn one page, you turn several. Psalm 130. It's not a very long one. It's only eight verses, so we'll read the whole thing. Are we there? We got it? Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, you hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. You're feared in a, I'm in awe of you kind of way. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for For the morning. My soul waits for the Lord. And then verse 7 says, O Israel, and at some point and another, when I was studying this particular scripture years ago, I wrote, instead of O Israel, I wrote, O Brady, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem. Brady from all of his sins. Scripture says, for he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. And he, and he has. And we remember that this morning when we come to the table of how he redeemed and how he paid for the sins of all of Israel. And he paid for my sin. We are grateful, aren't we, that God doesn't keep a record of our wrongs? Wouldn't it be awesome if people in our life wouldn't keep a record of our wrongs? That would be wonderful. But we need to wait for the Lord in prayer, prayer alone, and prayer together. And it says that we need to put our hope and we need to put our time in to his word. So, let's, so you're in Psalms. So turn back a little bit. Go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Starting at verse, just verse 10 through 12. So in, in time and in prayer, we say, God, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant a willing spirit to sustain me. God, restore the joy of knowing knowing you and just knowing that you've saved me, you've given me life, restore that joy and, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Sustain me because the journey is long, isn't it? The journey of life is hard. Some weeks seem longer than others. Some days seem longer than others. And so God, sustain me today. Give me what I need for this day. God, give me my daily bread, what I need for just this particular moment. Maybe I've said this before, but I'll say it again. You've heard, well, God will never give you any more than you can handle. That's baloney. Every day is more than you can handle on your own. Do you know that? I mean, that's why we need him. Every day is too much. It, for, our, for the bodies that we live in, it's too much. That's why we have to have him. That's why we rely upon him. That's why we need to give him our time and be in his word and to, to, to ask God to break this power of, of sin in our life. And there are certain things in my life that I struggle with and, and, and I continue. God, help me break through and get rid of this particular thing that holds on to me. And, and we can all say we have those things in our life, those things that we packed in our life that we wish we could get rid of, right? Those things you wish you could just do away with. Every single one of us have something like that in our life for sure. Let's go into the New Testament for a minute. Let's go to Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one, and I want to share this with you because because the reality is, is some of us might have this thought that Brady, I just don't know that God is really willing to take that from me. Like, I just don't know that God really, maybe I've just, messed up too many times that where God's not able to take that away from me or God's not able to forgive me. Like, I just don't know. How could God forgive me for that? Like, I know God can forgive me for some things, but just this one particular thing, God, how, or how could he forgive me for that? I don't know if if you have that feeling or not, but I know it's common because I have conversations with people. I'm sure in this conversation that I'll have with this young man, it'll be, I've struggled in this particular area. How can God even forgive me for that? Is he even willing to make me clean in that particular area? Mark chapter one. Verse 35. I wanted to start here because This is really cool. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. How important is it for us on this journey to find time to pray? Proactively, not reactively. Not that reactive prayer is not okay. It's okay because plenty of those moments oh man got the, got into this mess god please help as opposed to god okay i'm getting ready to go we're getting ready to go out the door we're getting ready to go on this journey god please protect us and help us along the way um, <laughs> sometimes there are, there are circumstances in life that you just cannot control and you have to have those reactive prayers there's a, there's a family here this morning that the father the his truck rolled and he has two little little girls with him. That's a reactive prayer right there. <laughs> Crying out in the midst, God, please help. Praise the Lord that the little ones just went on a little bit of a journey and hung upside down for a while and, they were, and they're, they're both here and they're both, they're both okay. Praise the Lord about that. So let's go back to this, this Mark passage. Jesus got up, this is where he prayed. Simon and his companions went out to look for him and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Isn't that cool? Jesus knew, he already knew that people were going to need him and be looking for him. So the first thing he did was he got away and he prayed. So that's a great way to start the day. Maybe before you even get out of bed, God, please help. Here here comes the day, (laughs) you know, help me as I go. So Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him. This is verse 40 in Mark chapter 1. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And then it says, filled with compassion. In another uh, um, version of scripture, another translation, it says, Jesus was indignant. Like, he was just, like, overwhelmed, like, am I willing? Are you kidding me? I, you, you have no idea how much I love you, do you? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Maybe we don't allow ourselves to be free of some of the things that we struggle with because on the journey, we don't share the struggle with anybody else. What if the man would have kept this to himself? I mean, everybody else knew he had it, right? You might be that way in your life, like, well, we know he's got it. We know he's struggling, or we know she's struggling, yet she doesn't even know it. Or if she knows it, she's not willing to admit it or he's not willing to share it with anybody else. Along the journey, you have to share the struggle with someone else. Or we just might refuse to admit that we're struggling at all. That's where the, probably the biggest problem lies. We'll just, well, it's not really an issue. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to bury it somehow. I mean, think about this guy trying to hide leprosy. it would be hard to hide. Or maybe, you know, Brady, I am willing to admit it, and people know that I'm struggling with it. I just can't get over it myself. I can't forgive myself. Because I have packed along with me on this journey so much guilt and shame, it just follows me wherever I go. And it's really getting heavy. It's weighing me down. Can you imagine how heavy this this disease this man has caused him to be unclean and unwanted, unlovable, untouchable. And if you're sitting there this morning and you think, man, I am unlovable and untouchable and, and I just need you to know Jesus is willing. He is willing. You know how I know? Because he was willing to clean me. and He touched my life. Changed my life. He blew on the embers of my life to a flame to start burning again. There's a few things that we definitely need to get rid of um, on this journey to help lighten the load. And one of the, one of the things that we can do when we come to church is, is to lighten our load. We can come in with some stuff and we can just leave it behind, right? That's what he wants for us. The key is, is not to pick it back up again tomorrow morning, all right? Just leave it here, and then we'll take it out with the trash. As we get towards the end of our journey here this morning, I want to remember, or I want you to remember something real quick, and this might help a little bit. You know that we, um, that we're just passing through in this life. I mean, think about it. I mean, all that life has to offer is pretty amazing. I mean, it is. I mean, there's some hard stuff too. But I mean, let look, look at the people around you. I mean, you, you this is a couple who love each other. They got beautiful kids. And my friend here holding his baby girl. You know, and and life is life is amazing. But there's more to this life than just this life. We're passing through. Scripture says, Paul said this to the Philippians that that our citizenship is in heaven. Like we already have a final destination and we're eagerly awaiting Jesus to return to bring us to that place. He's gonna bring everything, Scripture says, under his control. This is in Philippians chapter three, verse 20, if you ever wanted to go back and look at it. He's bringing everything under his control. He's gonna transform our lowly bodies. Remember I talked about we we have these bodies. We can't handle all that life puts on us. It's the reason why we need him so much. He's going to transform our lowly body someday that we'll be like his glorious body. Like, man, there's, there's something good waiting for us at the end of this journey called life. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a new adventure, a new journey in a new land, right? But until then, we must realize that we're just, Scripture teaches that we're just aliens and strangers. Or another word is a sojourner, exiles. <laughs> We're just here. We're, we don't even really belong here. But yet we try to make ourselves so comfortable in this world and so, to somehow fit in and just make it. But God said, there's so much more. There's so much more to live for than just that. Matter of fact, it says that we should live in such a way, so free of the stuff in our life, so free of the things that we're struggling with. We must live in such a way that other people see us and they're transformed by the way that we live. Literally, it says that they'll see our good deeds and they'll glorify God on the day that Jesus returns because of how we live, right? That's the freedom, that's the kind of stuff Jesus wants you to experience on the journey, right? He wants you to pack the things that we need to pack, let go of the things we need to let go of and just live this life in such a way that when other people see us, they're like, whoa, man, I want some of that. I want some of that. People all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture were on a journey. From the very beginning of Scripture, Adam and Eve, after sin came into the world, they're on a journey back to God. And that's what we're on. We're on this journey. And God is calling us. He's calling us to to experience life at a completely different level. It's not going to be free of all of the struggles of life. It's just not going to. But we can, we can take the struggles of life, right, and we can turn them into something good, Make, turn them into a story, into a powerful testimony of how God's working in our lives so that other people can see how we process and how we do things a little bit differently as followers because we know that our citizenship's not here, right? We know there's something better waiting for us. And until then, we, we come to the table. And so I want you to do something. I want you to... to um Tony's going to come up. He's going to play some music. And I want you to just close your eyes, and we're just going to get ready to uh, to come to the table. So I want you to think about, I just want you to think about, is there are there some things that i brought in with me today that i need to maybe let go of are there some struggles in in your life some things that you've you're holding on to or um maybe some of the things that I've mentioned, some of the things that i brought up today, and if it struck a chord, and you're like, yeah, that kind of sounds familiar, something that resonates with me, I just invite you to to know this truth. Jesus is willing to touch that place in your life. Not only is he willing, he's able to touch that place in your life. He wants to. He's powerful enough to, to make you clean in that area of your life. So whatever that is, I encourage you to To allow him to that place. Allow him to touch that place. Like the the man with leprosy had to come to Jesus. And so that's uh, that's what we're going to do this morning as we come forward to the table. We're coming to Jesus. We're coming to him. and We're going to take a piece of bread. And we're going to take a a cup. And we're going to remember the... The sacrifice Jesus was willing to to make to make all of us clean from the inside out. And so, um, so here's what we'll do. Just, I want you to, to spend some time, just right where you're at, and just have a conversation with the Lord. And if you, if you don't even know how to do that, just just say, God, here I am. I I don't really know you, and but I need to. I, I want to. And So God, I'm willing to to step forward and to to allow you to um, maybe see some things that I've packed in my life that shouldn't be there on this journey of life. and I'm willing to allow you to to touch those places. Um, If you need some healing, ask him to, to bring healing there. I mean, the Bible's pretty clear. We have not because we ask not. So I encourage you to ask him this morning. If you have some, there's sin that you just, there's the power it hasn't been broken yet. You're still struggling with certain areas. Then ask God to touch that. Um, and when, as soon as I say that, I know a lot of you just something immediately comes to mind. And so, don't be ashamed to go there. Just talk to Him again about it. And when you're when you're ready, just get up from where you're at and then come forward. Once again, bring your offering with you if you have an offering to give this morning. If you filled out a card, prayer request, information card, whatever, bring all that too, and drop it in the basket, and then pick up a piece of bread and juice, and then we'll spread out in the front together as a family, and we'll all take it together when everybody's up. But just whenever you're ready, it's not, you don't have to come now, but come if you want to, and we'll take it all together. So, so think about this. Jesus was already in the ultimate destination. And then he went on a journey. Scripture says that he left heaven, he came to earth, he was born as a baby. He lived life like we've lived life, faced all the temptation that we've ever faced. Maybe even to a greater extent, because like I've said this before, you've never had the devil himself get in your face (laughs) and tempt you with all the powers of the world. I mean, we've had some tempting moments in our life, but never anything like that. But Jesus was without sin, he was so filled with compassion for our brokenness that he was willing to give himself fully by dying a death on a cross so that he'd pay the penalty for our sin. That's what we celebrate today. So thank God that Jesus was willing to go on that journey. And he didn't give up, right? He, didn't, he went all the way to the cross, to the place where he said, my work here is done, it is finished. And so when you take this piece of bread and you put it in your mouth, remember the body broken for you. So do this in remembrance of him. So take and eat. I think it's good to, to obviously take the bread first because it makes you thirsty. Jesus. Went to a feast, kind of secretly snuck in, and he, he goes to this feast, and he stands up in the very last day when they were all celebrating together on the very most important day of the feast, and Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will give you a drink that will flow out of you like living water. So when we think about what Jesus has done for us, and we remember his blood spilled for us, we can come to him, and he will nourish us and he'll give us not only satisfy us but then we can flow out to other people and that's what we'll talk about next week as we take this revival that comes inside of us and we start showing and giving it away to others who need it so jesus said when he was with his disciples he said this cup is a new covenant in my blood when i've shed my blood for you this is a new agreement between god and man do this in remembrance of of jesus taking drink So God, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for Jesus' journey from heaven to earth, back to heaven, Then he's coming back again. Jesus, you're going to come. And then the things that you're going to take with you back to heaven is those who belong to you. God, what an exciting time that will be when our earthly bodies will be transformed into heavenly ones. And until then, God, help us to, to seek you and to know you and to to experience you at a deeper level than ever before. We praise you we thank you for everybody that's here this morning. Bless these families, bless these individuals as they leave this place to, to be a reflection to those around us so that they can want what we have. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.